Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2021 eyes. No matter how offensive, problematic, <laughs> joyous, miserable, we are watching it so that we can warn you or... <laughs> Who watch it so you don't you know, have to. Wave a flag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So today uh, is kind of very similar to last episode. Where, well, it's to be continued. Yeah. Well, I'd say... The other half of the episode. Yeah. So I'd say let's just fling in our trigger warning here um, for, you know, transphobia ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> transphobia up ahead um yeah so if, if take a diversion if you need to yeah if it's not uh if you're not in the right place to listen to that understandably um then by all means feel free to not um or come back when you're in a stronger place <laughs> yeah totally stronger place it's fine it's um we will not be offended (laughs) no um but you know we will be uh obviously pointing out the problems with it if you want Mm -hmm. to hear us do that maybe that's cathartic i don't know so um it's totally up to you how you want to navigate these couple of uh this storyline of anime that we seem to have found ourselves stumbled across (laughs) like it's uh, not been not been not been great to discover that this is in season four, a season that we were so looking forward yeah, to as well, so right at the beginning. As well, like it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, we're doing this then. Cool. Uh, <laughs> goodness me. Yeah. Right. Well, let's try and do it the best we can and find find any good that we can yeah, as well. Any joyful moments, we will be sure to highlight. So yes. today we are going to be talking about season four, episode four, without a net. Why I want to know is what they're doing without Annette. Annette's a great girl. <laughs> why uh why has she been banished yeah. from this episode? <laughs> I don't know. Why is she not here? Like, um, <laughs> without a net net. yes yes so uh this episode first aired 13th of november 2000 we interrupt this program for eleanor's cultural stuff brought to you by the naughties the other decade more problematic than it looks getting towards the end of the inaugural millennial year yes aren't we just so the uk number one is the artist is westlife yeah my thoughts exactly i do not Uh, know if i know i cannot remember this song i'm gonna just bring it up on spotify because i'm not sure i remember it is it uh Uh, let's not swear it again because we've had that. We've had that. Um, uh, 
Is it Flying Without Wings? No. No, you would know what that think, one was. I think we've done that one as well. I think we've had that. I don't know. I don't care about Westlife's career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I care not. Um, it is My Love. Oh, no, I've got no idea. No, I don't. Let me just... I'm just going to play it on... All I can think of is the Justin Timberlake, My Love. If you have my love. My love. Oh, right. Yeah, it's not that. I'm just trying to get my spot. I think my internet's a bit shitty today. Uh, I'm just trying to play it and it's not working. Oh, well, never mind. Let's leave that. I'm sure it's no big loss that we can't listen to my love by Apologies to anyone who was a Westlife fan, is a Westlife fan. Uh, unfortunately, we are not. neither of us are. <laughs> never was, um, never will. Congrats on getting another number one with a, I'm sure, Sappy a ballad. ballad, um, yes, yeah. well done. <laughs> um, okay, the US number one um, was Creed. The artist was Creed. Creed? Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know that Creed ever got a number one. Well, apparently they did. Uh, oh, was it? I mean, I um, don't know this band. I mean, obviously I've heard no, of them, but I, I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, fuck. Is it? Oh, what's the Creed song that I really, I really like my, my sacrifice, but I don't know. I don't know. What what was it? It was with arms wide open. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that oh. one. <laughs> I only know the odd song from them because I'm not... Um... I don't know any of their songs at all. Oh, I want to... Because my sacrifice... I wonder... Hang on. Let me just... <laughs> Wait. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yes. Oh, this is such a good song. No, so my my sacrifice, I love. Um, let me have a look. Uh, what did you say it was called? With arms wide open. Yeah, it might be one of those songs that I've heard, but I've not known it was them, or I might have never heard of it. Hmm. Sounds a bit like Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. Uh, like Nickelback. Mm. Um, what's the one that did the... Um, that song? No, I don't think I know this one. Um, what's that song that did... Uh, oh, God. Oh, this what? is really taking me back now. <laughs> um, the, the band that did... Um, if I could, then I would. Uh, I'll go, I'll wherever. go wherever you will go. Way up high or down low. That was. What were they called? Um, they were, That wasn't Creed, but no, it was, sim- it was that, that kind of vibe. You're going to have to Google it. The Calling. The Calling. Yes. Wherever you will go. Wherever yes. 
So all this, all this kind of music was stuff I started getting into. I think probably the year after. 2000, so more like 2001, 2002, yes. when I was leaving school and going to college, because that was like you were hanging cool out music. with all the rocker guys, <laughs> grungy guys, yeah, um, and girls, um, but yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, that was when that's that's when I started really paying attention um, to that kind of music. So yeah. I think this was just a little bit before free, then. So I was still that. like. You wanna make me holler? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, a year later, I was like, the Spice Girls. <laughs> Never secretly to still that. listening to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, like, secretly on your way home. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, like so my yeah, no, can never know. A little bit too early, but I didn't realise that got that Creed got to number one. That's Apparently, good, I guess yeah. for them. Okay, so uh, the eleventh of November, the Capron disaster happens in Austria, which I do not remember. No, but it was when a a uh, funicular train in Austria caught fire. Mm. Yeah, it uh so it's one of it was one of those trains that like goes up like I think it was at a, like a ski resort. Yeah, I was going to say funiculars are usually yeah, up steep slopes. Yeah, so it's slopes, going yeah. up uh, a steep slope um and it it a fire happens uh, in an alpine tunnel and it kills 155 oh, skiers <gasps> and snowboarders oh and my it's god astonishing i went and looked at like i looked this up and it sounds like i thought you were going to be like i went to austria <laughs> to investigate this story <laughs> here's my I was like that's brave new, in a pandemic my, my new podcast <laughs> um revisiting the capron disaster um <laughs> wow it was really like it sounds like it was proper horrific like yeah an electric fan heater caught fire in one of the the cabins of the train and it uh basically the fire broke out and the plastic and it melted plastic (gasps) pipes carrying flammable hydraulic fluid for like the brake Uh, system and basically just the entire thing went up in in flames and like the the, the driver tried to open the doors but the doors were powered by the hydraulic fluid system oh my god and it lost pressure Uh, so it couldn't open yes immediately and like um basically uh passengers tried to attempt to break the the shatter resistant acrylic windows to try and escape um some like 12 people in the rear of the train managed to break a window with a ski pole and managed to to escape downwards past the fire and below the smoke to safety but some of um basically a lot of the occupants lost consciousness due to the toxic flames (gasps) The conductor managed oh. to finally like unlock the doors manually, and the passengers that were still conscious started spilling out um, into the tunnel and started fleeing upwards away from the fire. But the tunnel acted like a giant chimney, sucking up oh, oxygen fuck. and sending this like poisonous smoke and heat and the fire itself like upwards. Oh so goodness. all the passengers that went up 
instead of down. Oh, no. Died on foot oh, as they Jesus. were trying to, like, just to oh my god! It was just This horrific. is horrific. Yeah, and I just, I've never heard of it. Only 20 years ago as well. I've never heard ago. of it. No, and Fuck. 155 people. That's a lot. It's insane. And, and basically, it looks like, I mean, I haven't read the entire thing. Like, um, the inter- like the Wikipedia article is pretty, like, big. Because um, there were obviously like criminal trials over. I was going to say, what's ca- um, have they changed? Like how this machinery's operated or designed? Well, like, has any changes come what, about? What they it? found is basically, um, basically inappropriate heaters were put into the train in the first place. Like the purchasing mm. department did not bought basically heaters that were designed for domestic setups and bought oh, they them just, for oh so they the, the heaters train. weren't built the, as part of the train it was like it separate was, equipment yeah it was like separate oh, and gosh. then i think it was like taken apart and like fitted into the train and it just it just wasn't the appropriate fit for purpose yeah it wasn't fit it wasn't designed for this purpose they were designed to be yeah. domestic heaters and like oh, the shit. people fitting them didn't realise that they just assumed that these was were the correct things, that the correct things had been bought and oh, and fitted gosh. them and didn't realise that these fit these these heaters were gonna be put next to um you know, plastic piping that has this flammable liquid in it and it's just no. like Oh my goodness. Just, it's like a catalogue of errors yeah, like one thing led to the just, next thing led to the next thing yeah people who don't entirely understand like people in the purchasing department like you just think like did you not know that this was not a good idea like to yeah. buy things that are not designed for trains like um yeah oh, and gosh. yeah it just it, it was that there's a lot because it looks like there was a lot of back and forth about you know in the criminal trials about all the way this this um train was like oh man yeah but it's what a story just, just awful um, so tragic yeah so the the funicular was never reopened after the disaster and was replaced with a gondola lift yeah and in 2004 uh, a judge acquitted all 16 suspects, um, including company officials, technicians, and government inspectors, clearing them of criminal negligence. Wow. Said there was insufficient evidence to find the suspects responsible for the conditions that led to the blaze. And then in 2007, a public prosecutor's office determined that the manufacturer of the electric heater was not responsible either. Um, which it sounds is like everyone just like managed to wriggle out of everything because it's like, well, no one really knew. Well, I mean, the manufacturer, it's like, well, it was a domestic heater. That's what it was designed for. So no, it's yeah, that's fault, not their fault. But it was, you know, used in an inappropriate setting. Um yeah, like um someone should be held liable though. I don't no, think absolutely. individuals, but a corporate the corporation that was in charge of should the maintenance yeah. of the funicular should have had some consequences. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. One of the victims was Sandra Schmidt, a 19-year-old German freestyle skier who at the time was the reigning women's dual moguls world champion. Um, Oh, wow. Joseph Schauper, a seven-time death Olympic medalist, was also killed in the fatal accident along with his fellow death skiers. Um, and also United States Army Major Michael Goodridge and his wife Jennifer and sons Michael Seven and Kyle Five also died. Like, yeah, it just sounds like it was horrifying. And the thing is that the 12 people that um, got out and survived because they went down... down, Um, the reason they knew to go down is because they were with someone who had who had who had been like a volunteer firefighter for twenty years, so knew to direct right. them, like get go oh, down. God, well, that go was up. lucky. Yeah, exactly. But you know, people in other cabins obviously didn't, didn't have, have that. that knowledge. Like, and it's just tragic. Oh, jeez, just tragic. But yeah, oh, it was no. just, uh, when I read it, I was like, how is this not bigger news? Or how did I miss this? <laughs> I mean, because I do not well, remember this know. happening. Um, but yeah. Totally. So that was the 11th. Um, on the 16th uh, of November, actor Michael Caine receives a knighthood from the Queen and became Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael. Sir Michael. Yeah. And lastly, the last thing I've got is 17th of November, uh, the US presidential election 2000, uh, the Supreme Court of Florida prevents Florida Secretary of State Catherine Harris from certifying the election results, allowing recounting to continue. So that's still going on. Right. So that's yeah. so they haven't. Yeah, I remember it. Florida, it took ages. Mm. I don't know how long it did take, but it took a long time. Yeah. Um, before they could officially call it. Yes. Um, but yeah. So that's all I've got. Okay. Gosh. Well, there you go. Um. So yeah. So into season four, episode four, without a net. So this is uh, as we've mentioned, part two of the to be continued like we're seeing the other half of the cliffhanger from last uh, last episode um so we pick up where we left off and ali is looking at michael and jonathan like your son your dad what <laughs> like what the fuck is going on um and the daughter is like oh my god and ali's voiceover is like this is why I wish I had one of those remotes that could reset time about 15 seconds, but pause delay. And then it's uh, meant to be, I guess, a fantasy sequence of Ali. Like she gets out a remote. She winds back to when Jonathan is saying at the end of last episode, oh, I think we've met. And instead of the reaction that Ali actually gave was just be gobsmacked and nose whistle um she actually goes met oh we've been on a date together like all nonchalant like now it makes sense how i could have met two men in the same week who resemble each other in such flattering ways and and now i understand how funny (laughs) but her voiceover is like but i don't have one of those remotes and in real life ali just goes 
I totally have to pee <laughs> to get out of dealing with this situation. Fair enough. And we're in titles. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as awkward I think... situations go, that's pretty awkward. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, I'd probably say something also equally ridiculous yeah. to try and get out of it. No one's at their most calm and composed when they've just realised they've been dating a father and a son. Yeah. Let's face it. Um, so, so Ali is uh, after titles, uh, walking out of the bathroom to go back to the table, um, and her voiceover is like, "One day I will look back at this and laugh or cry, one or the other. I'm sure of it." Um, but before she can go back, we hear a woman go, "Ali." And Ali turns around and she's confronted with um, Jamie Gertz, who is uh, a well-known actress. Um, she played Star in The Lost Boys, which is one of my favourite films. Um, <laughs> she was also in 16 Candles. She was in Twister. Um, and yeah, I was really excited to see her because I was like, oh my God, it's her. Yeah, no, I don't think I've um, seen any of those films. Oh, I've seen The Lost Boys. Oh, I've seen Lost you Boys. must have seen The Lost Boys. Yeah, I've seen them, but I, I don't really remember it that well other than like... She's the girl um, in Lost Boys. It's Keith Like Fub- the girl Fubberland, they all fancy. Yeah, 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 Sutherland yeah, yeah. and yeah, I remember Jason him in it. Patrick. I remember yeah. him in it, but I don't remember anyone else in it. Um, but yeah, but I well rewatch I did it. Feel like I recognised <laughs> her though. I did feel like I'd recognise. Yeah, she's her. been in lots of things. Um, but she's okay. playing a woman called Kimmy Bishop who is apparently an old friend of Ali's from law school. Um, But we immediately get the impression that Ali doesn't actually like her because she doesn't, A, she doesn't recognise her at first. She's like, who are you? And she's like, Kimmy Bishop. Um, And then, but then Kimmy immediately pulls her over and introduces Ali to her friends who are sat at a nearby table. And her friends are all members of the Women of Virtue bar chapter of Massachusetts um, that Kimmy is president of. Thank you very much. Um, Which sounds as like, much fun <laughs> Well, yeah, we get the impression that she's just this very puritanical, like God-fearing woman. Um, and she's like, and Ali was voted biggest prude three years running. And Ali's like, actually, it was two. Um, and she's like, well, I tried to get her to join the Christian coalition, but she wouldn't commit. Um, and Ali just turns around and is like, no, actually, I had considered joining, especially when you promised me the free spermicide under the table. But when I went down there to get it, I found you munching away on my boyfriend. And I was like, this seems a bit much harsh. Because, like, <laughs> Kimmy is horrified and her friends are obviously really, like, like shocked and offended as well and I'm like where's this come from Ali like what's she what's this woman done to you apart from be a bit annoying and religious like well I think I don't it's understand. literally because she mentions that Ali was voted the biggest prude like I think that is literally it but she was by all accounts yeah. like even she's like yes two years running and it's in front of people who think that that's a good, good thing, thing. Yeah. like she's not doing it to be like ha ha you were the biggest prude she's like you were the biggest prude like do you know what I mean and like nobody <laughs> else you. is around <laughs> yeah. nobody else is around that will be like you were the biggest do you know what I mean she's not yeah. humiliated yeah in her she's 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 trying to yeah, figure up so I was a bit it. like this is <laughs> This has come out of nowhere. Yeah, it seems really harsh. 
But anyway, um, Ali's like, oh, I'd love to stay and chat, but I'm on a date with a father and son team. And tonight they bought the sister. So things could get really wild. And then she leaves. Yeah, just, and I'm like, it's just all about, what are you trying to prove? Well, she's trying to prove she's not a prude anymore. It's like literally it. But you are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Like, be have a bit more self-esteem or like confidence. Like, just be Don't less be so insecure. insecure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah like are you 30 or 13 yeah do you know what I mean it's like completely so anyway Ali goes back to her table situation um and before she can say anything Michael's like look obviously this is an impossible situation um but I am just gonna remove myself because I can't date someone who's interested in my son um but then Jonathan is like no 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 I'll opt out I can't I can't date someone who has the hots for my dad and Ali's like do I get an opinion in any of this um because she's like obviously we've got some unusual circumstances but before she can get any further Jonathan is like I'm sorry I'm just gonna leave and then Michael very quickly afterwards it's like I'm really sorry I apologize but I will also be going um so, so, so cut- she, she just have dinner with the sister like, awkwardly yeah, I know yeah <laughs> that would be weird um but we don't get to see that because we cut straight to um another samba party um <laughs> that is inexplicably happening with these group of bffs um and Renee is like so they they both dumped you and Ali's like oh to be honest I don't blame them I wouldn't want to date someone who was interested in my mother and Ling's like oh that's different your mother is an old wrinkly thing and I was like that's a bit me right. <laughs> um um and Ling says Michael's at least half cute for a relic um and Ali's like you know what I don't think we need these slumber parties anymore and I'm pretty sure she said that La- last yeah, episode she absolutely did so why that. is this happening again why, why are you um, doing this <laughs> And Elaine and Nell are saying that they are basically in favour of her dating, continuing to date both of them, especially because she's basically like always whining about the dearth of good men. And now she's met two, like just keep dating them. And as Nell is saying this, the doorbell rings and Ali opens the door in her pyjamas to Jonathan, who clearly doesn't realise that Ali has company. Um, and he just like, is like, I'm really sorry for walking out. I'm, you know, basically I'm just devastated because I felt an innate connection with you and I wanted to make love to you from the moment I first saw you at the table. And I just came here to say that walking away had nothing to do with me being indifferent. And Ali's like, uh, Jonathan, um, can I just stop you there? Um, but Jonathan's like, no, I need to ask you, do you like my father because he's a great guy? Or are you really attracted to him sexually? And Ali puts her hand in front of his face and it's like, um, <laughs> Jonathan. And then she sort of signals and he realises that all the women are there as well. And he's like, oh, um, okay. And Ali's like, yeah, can I get back to you on that? And he's like, sure, I wish you would. And he leaves. <sighs> so yeah. the next day, Ali is walking down the street as I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 is playing and her voiceover is saying it brings me comfort to know that everything happens for a reason it would just be nice for once to be let in on it <laughs> and then a car beeps her and she's like I'm walking here I'm she's walking crossing the road <laughs> um, and then we just hear a record scratch when she reaches the other side of the road and Kimmy just goes 
you and Ali turns around and Kimmy is not happy um and she makes that very plain to Ali because she says I was humiliated in front of my friends and I'm really disappointed that you've become such a coarse person may you never find a man and then there's this gif moment of Ali punching Kimmy like um you know those like rock'em sock'em boxing toy things she yeah. punches Ali uh, uh, Kimmy in the face like three times and then her head like pops up like those toys um then um Kimmy goes on to say the reason that they've bumped into each other isn't a coincidence because she's just dropped off a complaint and a summons to Ali's office because she is suing her for defamation of character and then she goes you total bitch as a, as a nun walks past and then she's like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry um so she apologizes to the nun and Ali is like sort of as an aside to the nun is like oh she's put on a little weight and her her diaphragm is pinching and then she goes add that to your complaint you witch and then they both storm off in opposite directions and this has obviously put Ali in a brilliant mood um and as she is like mid-storm um she walks smack bang into Larry and she's about to like have a go at whoever it is that she's bumped into but as soon as she sees who's it who it is she's like oh hi and then she starts to hear the beginning of my girl in her head as they're like oh how are you how are you um and Larry asks how Brian is and Ali's like oh well we broke up and I was like wouldn't you have you would have known that Larry because you were at the models night where yes Brian caused (laughs) such a scene or have we just forgotten that um but anyway um Ali's like oh I'm now dating a father and a son and Larry's like oh well it happens um if you ever need a sympathetic ear I can fake it and Ali smiles and she kind of walks off as uh, my girl starts up again and then she bumps into another passerby and she just like batters him three (laughs) times like she's a menace on the streets I'm like do you want more people to see you Ali like I'm not sure why you think this is a good idea or appropriate (laughs) it's really upsetting yeah (laughs) like she does proper attack him she's a fucking menace so anyway (laughs) Ali finally makes it to the office and the weekly meeting and Richard is like oh what is this um about you being sued and she's like oh you know Kimmy Bishop remember her from law, law school because obviously Richard and John went, went to, to the, the same school as her um, and, and she tells Ali. everyone about her lawsuit um but Nell is like um she's not really paying attention she doesn't care because it's Ali's case and it's a personal matter so why should she um and she's like cuts Ali off to be like um well she cuts that Ali off to say uh something that's upsetting she says while I consider myself to be a very tolerant person Mark is dating a person who and then she just goes yuck it's disgusting and when word gets out which it will it will not only embarrass you, but the entire firm. How much credibility do you think you'll have in the courtroom when people find out that your girlfriend has a man missile? It's not gay rights. It's a circus act. And it's disgusting. And I'm just going to throw in my... Because, I mean, again, with this episode, I feel like there's multiple places that you could throw in an objection. But this one, I was like, 
why now well, are you is, just well this is where i threw in my objection to um okay good it yeah it's the fucking nerve she has to say while i consider myself a very tolerant person it's like you're like the least no, you don't. tolerant person there is now i like you you literally said yuck it's disgusting about a person and also and also um you you can't say i'm a tolerant person but then go on to say something extremely intolerant like yes. that that those two that doesn't it doesn't you know you don't get points for one and then in in lieu of no points for what you're about to say like it just doesn't don't say that no <laughs> clearly not own it gross it's really just awful really really awful what she says and also i mean do you want to finish the rest of the scene because i do have more to say but it well mark is um like ice cold like it is my private life and it makes it no one else's uh, which makes it no one else's business and this conversation is over and I was like quite um and then Elaine comes in to tell Ali that Michael is there to see her um yeah so like kudos to Mark for like having like the presence of mind to be like calm and just like shut it down and just be like yeah this is none of your business even though you would have had every fucking right to kick off like i really liked that he was just like this is not a conversation we're having because it's got fuck all to do with you but also yeah um also now if you're so fucking concerned about the reputation of it like go work somewhere else if you're that fucking concerned like but i also think like it it's like it should have nothing to do with the reputation of the firm like yeah it's, it's you know why you think this is appropriate to bring up in a morning meeting and and this this also do you know I'm what is like, to I'm, do with the reputation of the firm is ha- having a fucking bigot working there who's yeah happy to be espouse her views in in public like that does more to the reputation of the firm in my opinion well this is the thing is also i think richard and john should absolutely be raving this shit in they yeah. are the partners of this firm and they do not get to stay silent and act like this conversation has nothing to do with them like an employee is being attacked very publicly for his personal life by another employee this is absolutely yeah. your business and you should be putting a stop to it like immediately because they both just yeah. kind of go Ooh, awkward like mm, like you know nothing to do with us i guess it's a a difference of opinion for you guys to sort out yourselves like no your employee just in your work morning meeting decided to use it as a platform to attack another employee for their personal life like this absolutely is not acceptable and you should be doing something about it like yeah. You don't get to act like this is not your not your area. Like this has got nothing to do with you. It absolutely does now. Like yeah. I just yeah, I really didn't like that kind of It was horrible. Of absconding of, you know, just I'm I'm not you know, I I don't want to be the boss right now, so I just won't be. Like um 
Yeah. Well, it's Ugh. bloody typical for them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, Ali runs off to her office where Michael is waiting. Um, and he has come to apologize for running off last night as well. Um, and he sort of says, I'm, I'm not going to compete with Jonathan. Um, but what are your feelings for him? And Ali's like, well, I... I just met both of you like I don't really know anything it's too early um and Michael says well just you know Jonathan and I have agreed that you might be the most amazing woman alive on earth and I was like guys don't get your hopes up you are both in for a big disappointment if that's what you think (laughs) and they've said that it would be a tragedy if at least one of them didn't get her and I'm like guys honestly it's fine just walk away it's you'll be fine you know um yeah but they have said that they aren't going to compete like it has to be Ali's choice And Ali's like, yeah, except I don't know either of you well enough yet to be able to choose. The only way I can choose is if I keep seeing both of you. And Michael's like, well, that could be a bit weird. And and Ali's like, yeah, well, okay, I promise I won't exchange saliva or bodily fluids with either of you until I've narrowed it down to one. Um, And then she's like, go and take your son to a ball game and like seize him out. And then her voiceover is like, I'll look back and laugh. I'll look back and laugh as she like puts her head on the door. Um, I mean, this whole thing's just weird, isn't it? I mean, this whole thing is like not interesting. <laughs> like, I like also, last episode. I'm just not that. It like it's just like Larry's right there. Why are we pissing about with Michael and Jonathan? For fuck's sake! But <laughs> <Well>, also, <laughs> I just hate that they keep presenting these guys who date Ali for like a hot second and are like she could be the one the most magical person <laughs> of all and I'm like you have you don't, know, you don't her. know her you don't know her well enough to know that no one can think that after knowing someone for such a brief amount of time and it feels no matter how enamored you are with them yeah yeah and it's just like I hate it they it- do it all the time with her they're like oh, but you are so special. And I'm like, she really isn't. She's just an average woman. Like, (laughs) yeah. I'm not saying she's not deserving of finding someone who does think she's special, but she's she's actually not that special. It's just about chemistry and like who you bounce off of. Oh dear. start seeing like real emotional girl. (laughs) Yeah, right. I can imagine, you know, Michael doing that at the piano at the (laughs) restaurant. Oh dear. So next, um, Ali is uh, checking her messages with John um, at the front of the office and she's explaining to John, you know, why she's going to be continuing to date both of them. And they're having this conversation um, and Richard comes up and tries to join in. But Ali's like, this is private. And he's like, okay, well, anyway, uh, your wages have been garnished, it turns out, because of Kimmy's lawsuit. Like, I've had a court order that means I need to start withholding your wages. And Ali is like, what? And she like grabs the piece of paper, presumably has this information that Richard is holding. um, And she's outraged and she immediately goes and grabs Elaine and is like, we need to prepare a response to this. Um, I was like, can they do that though? I don't know. I don't know American law. Um, So I guess they can. 
uh, if anyone doesn't does know anything about that get in touch i'm no expert doesn't seem right but okay <laughs> no um it doesn't but that's that's what they're saying okay. um and then um well david e kelly used to be a lawyer i, I i've got to trust him on something <laughs> to know some things he must know something and the thing i trust him on <laughs> is the law because there's nothing else to go on <laughs> uh so then cindy arrives off the elevator and as the elevator doors open nell is there waiting to go in and she is startled when she sees cindy um and cindy is like are you okay she's like yeah yeah fine um and walks past her um and then cindy sees mark and she asks him out to lunch um and he's like yeah sure and they they kiss happily um in front of the elevator but nell is in the elevator like desperately mashing the closed door button so that she doesn't have to see it but that it doesn't work and she's like pressing the button so much that the alarm starts going off as the door closes um because i guess the elevators got confused at like transphobic (laughs) button mashing um (laughs) (laughs) the elevator's like this does not compute so the door eventually closes um and cindy's like okay i'll well i'll see you later um and and mark's like sure and they part ways um but then mark notices that john and richard were also staring at them really rudely um and they're like trying to pretend they weren't and like bump into each other um and cindy calls the elevator to go down again and the door opens (laughs) and nell is still there because she's (laughs) fucked up the elevator um and she's like (gasps) and cindy gets in and just as the doors close cindy's like my penis makes you nervous and i was like (laughs) i hate this i just hate this whole thing like i just just, why is it so hard for this office to just be a group of decent human beings for like five seconds what is so fucking hard because i think ali makes like a transphobic joke at one point like i didn't notice she said uh, that i I think she she said something because i've i've noted it here but i didn't i didn't write it's just like a little like crack about yeah something um that i felt was was not nice um but yeah like it's just like guys like what the fuck can everyone please calm down yeah can you calm down and like stop like it like why are you so fascinated why why is you so obsessed with this it's like it says so much more about you than it does about Cindy and Mark. Like, it really does. It says so much more. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't like it here. I want to leave. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Um, So... Ali has now gone to see uh, Larry, this time for legal representation in the Kimmy case because she thinks it's going to be better to get outside counsel rather than have someone at Cajun Fish. Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like, right, the the thing you've never done before, you've decided to do suddenly, like four years into this show. I know. Uh, And Larry is like, well, I assume you've checked me out. And Ali just like 
starts bobbing her head along to my girl that she starts hearing and then there's like a, a record scratch and she's like well you seem smart and then she's you. like if you don't want to do the case and larry's like no i want it and she's like okay great and then she goes to leave and larry's like uh is there something you want to talk about? Like the case maybe that you've come here to bring me? And <laughs> Annie's like, oh yeah, silly me, I forgot. And she comes back and she um, gets him up to speed on what the case is about and how she's not getting paid because of this court order um, whilst this is going on. And Larry is like, well, are you wealthy? Um, and she gets all offended at him asking such a personal question. He's like, no, I need to know, like to help dissolve this garnishment. Like, I need to know if you've got any other... We need to prove that, you know, you need those wages. Um, and then she's like... Uh, and then he, then he asks... What? Sorry, it's, just, it's just the thing of like... Oh, we'll start affecting your pay unless you actually need it. It's like most people need their salary. Like, very few people do not need very their weird. salary. I think you should be doing this from a basis of like most people need their salary like, i know <laughs> really um but also on a ma- as a matter of principle like you're doing work you should be paid for Pay. it regardless of whether yeah. or not you've got other money yeah it's odd i don't really understand the legal ins and outs of this i'm not no, sure if we have an equivalent just, no I'm not in this sure. country it sounds very um, very bad though don't like certainly not law. for something on this lower level like just mild defamation amongst a small group of people like I don't think that would be grounds for yeah Yeah. but anyway um then he asks if she's ever been married um but this time uh that's not because he needs to know for the case he just says he wants to know out of curiosity (laughs) (laughs) and he says um basically we should go to court to like uh demonstrate all this like put as many most like many court engagements in the process as possible to like show that we mean business um and dissolve that garnishment um and he's like well let's meet there at three and then ali hands over all the paperwork and it's like anything else you need for me and and larry's like the sun will probably live longer and ali just like rolls her eyes and leaves Meanwhile, Mark has gone now to seek advice from John. Um, and he finds John. Why is he seeking? Oh, yeah, good question. I mean, I know it's because there is no one else in the show for him to be friends with. Other than so Richard. he's decided. Um, yeah. Um, but he, he finds John in his office hanging upside down on some form of thing. Apparatus. <laughs> um, sure. Um and then Mark says he needs to discuss with him a sensitive matter um, and John dismounts uh, gracefully. Um, and Mark is like, look, I need an honest, open-minded, grounded opinion. And before he can get any further, John just goes, dump it. And he's like, what? And he's like, he, she, whatever, dump it. And I'm just like, oh, yuck. God. It. I know. What? I know. horrible um yeah and mark is really taken aback to put it mildly um and john just goes on to be like you know there may be countless reasons to pursue this woman but and only one not to but as flaws go 
And then he just screams, she has a penis. And I think that's meant to be like... Funny. Funny. Yeah. Um, it's done done in that, um, like, John squealy, screamy way that is often in, you know, very funny when he does that. But in this context, it's just like... Oh, it's just not. Clans. It's just horrible. It I know. And and Mark uh, says, "So is what Nell said true? Like you would think less of me if I continue to date her?" And John's like, "I wish that I could say that I'm tolerant enough to support this, but I can't say it." <sighs> and I just feel like, <sighs> can we just unpick this? Like, what is? The panic here. I just find this so alien. Like, this is so unfathomable to me. Like, I could just about buy Mark struggling to kind of... Because there's an interesting story here, if it's told sensitively. Like, Mark trying to navigate his cliff you know loving feelings towards Cindy and overcome any kind of societal bias that he might have due to those developing feelings like that could be an interesting story if it was sensitively told but how anyone else's opinion is fucking relevant and why they feel that it's their opinion is something that Mark needs to hear like how does it affect anyone else in the slightest I'm just like yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Everybody just needs to fucking calm down. Like, yeah. I don't understand what this this insistence, like, I could not Support. stand by you if you... And I'm like, <laughs> why does he need hill is this to die on? Yeah, I don't... It's, it's really unpleasant. And it's just... It's like, it does make me extremely sad for Mark and Cindy because I'm just like... Yes. What chance... What chance does that relationship stand when literally all Mark is getting from all sides is just jokes and, like, disgust and repulsion and, like, you're going to damage your reputation and you're going to damage our firm's reputation and you need to like but I'm also the whole thing just disgusts totally. us and, and it's just like what chance does this guy have in terms of man in terms of like remaining open-minded enough and secure enough in himself and his own kind of you know feelings to, for for this like relation, how does it yes. stand any kind of chance when but that's, that's but then what that, you're faced with? And I agree with you, but then I'm that brings me back to like I guess my complaint of last episode, which is like, what is David Ian Kelly's intention in telling this story in this way? If you're just all you're doing is showing that relationships like this do not stand a chance because even if you are open-minded enough to want to go no there with a trans person, is. the world is not. And so it is doomed from the start and therefore there's no fucking point in a trans person even trying to find love. Like, don't bother is the message. Yeah. And I'm just like, what a fucking depressing thing to want to showcase to an audience of millions. Like, yeah. I just... Yeah. like you could have done such good with this storyline and he's just 
like flush that opportunity down the fucking toilet it's it's, yeah i just just reinforce i don't understand everything that you know is uh, just reinforced everything that makes um the world more dangerous for trans people that's Mm -hmm. what you've done You've reinforced it and told the told the world because he's making the, the that majority, narrative that the majority of yeah. normal people in inverted commas like normal people think um, that trans people are freak shows and disgusting and um, anyone who chooses to associate with them, let alone date them, are therefore repellent by association and you're just like I say all you're doing is helping maintain the status quo and the status quo is extremely dangerous for trans people especially trans women yeah instead of what he could have done was demonstrate why the status quo is extremely flawed and nonsensical you know why have the open-minded point of view if you're not gonna support like prop it up like i just don't get what his point was with this story other than to double down on mate as you say maintaining the current prevailing viewpoint which is trans people are something to be feared and and steered clear of repelled by yeah exactly yeah i just it's really really it's really strange i don't Mm. get it so yeah so next um Ali is in court for this Kimmy thing and before things get underway Kimmy sort of scuttles over to Ali's bench and is like don't think I don't know what you're doing trying to schedule a lot of motions and send a message that this is gonna cost me big time to prosecute I am in it for the long haul and do you know why and Larry's like is just like she impugned you and he goes (laughs) off the record I'm smitten (laughs) And Kimmy's like, oh, it is just like her to go out and hire a snide lawyer. And her lawyer is like, Kimmy, come back. And she like scuttles back to her desk. Um, And the judge that has the misfortune to preside over this case is Judge Walsh. Long-suffering Judge Walsh. Um, And he is not happy that Larry has filed a motion to dismiss this on the same day that the complaint was submitted. So that's got his back up right from the beginning. Um, And Larry starts arguing and is like, look, the, the laws that this libel claim were based on imply that it is libelous to impugn a woman's chastity and they're there they are therefore archaic and gender biased like why is it illegal to call a woman unchaste but not a man and Kimmy's lawyer is like well she implied that Kimmy was promiscuous and Larry's like well most girls would say thanks for the compliment (laughs) and he says if anything today we make fun of the virgins like promiscuity is not considered derogatory and Kimmy's lawyer is like well but it is by my client um and Larry's like, yeah, but the test in this case is not whether your client is offended. It's whether the statements would cause her to be held in disrepute by others. And Kimmy's lawyer's like, yeah, exactly. The others at the table were all women from this uh, Women of Virtue bar chapter. And Ms. McBeal accused her of performing a sexual act on her boyfriend. And this detail is news to Larry because he's like, <laughs> yeah. you missed something out there, Larry. And Ali's like whatever (laughs) and Larry just goes again uh 
these laws are archaic. They were passed when oral sex was a criminal offence. Like, they're so old. And Walsh is like, look, Ali said all of this in front of these women of virtue, knowing it was going to humiliate Kimmy. So I'm denying the motion. And that's the end of that. And Larry just slides in next to Ali and he tells her off for him learning this stuff, like in the middle of the motion and being surprised in court. And he's like, if I am going to continue representing you, you will fill me in on all the incidental tidbits. Capiche? And Ali's voiceover is like, it's when he got strict with me. I knew I liked him. I hope this doesn't mean that deep down I want to be spanked. And I was like, (laughs) God forbid, Ali. (laughs) I know. You're like, no wonder you got prude of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's just like, yeah, God forbid you be a deviant to the, like, spanking. But like, she is such a prude because even like her inner monologue she doesn't want to like be seen as being like too promiscuous in front of i'm like let it go it's so funny it's really funny to me that i I think this probably i don't know whether it is her being a prude or whether it is like just in the mainstream at the time like the height of kink was to be spanked (laughs) like it's just David really E. Kelly funny. certainly seems to have a bit of a thing for it, yeah. given like the Nell storyline from last season. Yes, <laughs> completely. Yeah, just and it's just very funny the way everyone again completely freaks out over like I know. It's just like guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Kimmy comes over again and is like, "Are you satisfied?" And Larry just hands her a notice of deposition and like drags Ali away. Um, so next, John goes to see Mark um, to apologize for being a fucking bigot. Uh, um, and then we get story time from John. I know. <laughs> Yet again. Do we need a jingle really for John's true? story time? <laughs> I feel like we need a jingle. I don't know what it would be, but it would just be like... Here we go again. Story time. (laughs) Once upon a time with John. (laughs) Yeah. So we get two, actually. One story is that apparently as a teenager, he asked out a boy who he thought was a girl on a date. And ever since, it's made him nervous that women could have a penis, apparently. Um, And uh, really? Really? (laughs) I don't buy it, John. No, and then also story time number two, um, lucky us. Um, several years ago, he dated a woman with a moustache, which you couldn't tell because she dyed it, but he definitely felt the bristle when he kissed her and that's caused him to develop a twitch in his lips. Um, yeah. Like doing a and weird thing, tick with his Yeah, with mouth. his mouth. Um, yeah. And so the reason he brings that up is because apparently they went to see a therapist who specialised in helping couples with unique challenges and helping them to accept each other, but more importantly, gain acceptance from society at large. And he gives the card of this therapist to Mark being like, (laughs) I think I think it would behoove you to go with Cindy. And I was like, well, it. Exactly. <laughs> like, 
quite substantial <laughs> facial hair and it can be really difficult for them. But yeah, what I was going to say... But the, way he, the way he describes it makes it sound just like your normal, like, loads of women. Like, I probably most women have, like, a little moustache that they either oh, dye yeah. or Everyone's just got hair, hair on their removed. face. Like, yeah. exactly. Like, I'm just like, so just how severe just get laser. Because if it was really bad, I'm not sure that... You, I'm not sure that dying would would do anything. Surely, like well, also, like, yeah, but it, but also, <laughs> this is also a couple of things. Uh, a, this is a bullshit storyline because if it is a woman's moustache, it's unlikely that they've ever shaved it, so it wouldn't be bristly. It would be soft. Yeah. It would be soft, um, but yeah, also, exactly. But also, I was going to say, John's not exactly a ringing endorsement for this therapist because it sounds like it really works given you've got, like, PTSD <laughs> about a little hair. Like, it's not a glowing recommendation, is it? I know, I know. But, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, uh, like I'm, I'm glad that John came and apologised and, like, admitted that you know it was his own bigot it was bigotry what he yeah, said he calls it like, bigotry. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad it wasn't just left the way that you know just left like that um being his word on on that relationship and you know he did make uh you know he did offer a source of help and support for Mark and Cindy through this so that does feel like, you know, him trying to make amends for what he, yes. he said. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just very odd. But okay. <laughs> I know. Um, so later that evening, Ali's gone to dinner with Michael and he is back on the old piano again, uh, playing another Neil Diamond song uh, called I Am, I Said. And Ali's voiceover just goes, okay, so he's playing Neil Diamond and I feel nothing. I'm not even fantasizing over his son. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's a no from Ali. She is over it. <laughs> yes. So... Then Ali arrives home and she uh, sort of debriefs with Renee and she's like, yeah, I'm definitely getting the ick on him. Um, And she hasn't like properly dumped him yet, but she told him that she needed like more space because of this lawsuit. And then she sort of says to Renee, I'm actually quite worried because apparently, again, I don't really understand the legals on this, but because of how virtuous and pure the group was that she said the remarks in front of that Kimmy doesn't really need to show damages. And I was like, that I don't think that would track in in well, English law. Right. But anyway, no. um, sure, David E. Kelly. And anyway, Renee asks the question on everyone's lips. Uh, well, why did you hire Larry and not a Cajun fish lawyer? And Ali's like, oh, uh, to get outside counsel. And Renee makes the very good point that she is also a lawyer and outside counsel. So she could have, you know, if that was really the reason she could have used Renee. Um, so she's on to her. Um, and Ali's like, no, there's there's nothing going on. He's just so yummy. And then she just sort of chomps a thin air. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and Renee is like, did you even check up on him before hiring him? And Ali's like, no, but you should see him. He's really smart in court. And Renee's like, well, turns out I did check up on him. And did you know that he is married? And like watches for Ali's reaction. And Ali's like, is he? Oh, well, you know, he's, he's just my lawyer. Like being married doesn't stop him from defending me. Like it's all fine. I don't even care. I breezy. I breezy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then she's like, anyway, I've got a big day tomorrow. So I should go to bed. Bye. And then she just like bangs her head on the wall. <laughs> yeah clearly acting like it's no big deal but it is clearly everybody knows it's a big deal you can never not know when something's a big deal with Ali um so (laughs) the next day at Larry's office Ali has arrived for the deposition but he's surprised to see her because he scheduled it for taking place at Cajun Fish because he doesn't have a conference room um and Ali's like really snappy with him about not having a conference room and Ali's like what is the matter like sit down and Ali's like oh you'd like that wouldn't you well I don't sit and Larry is like uh I've been meaning to ask you and he just sort of holds her hand and he's like are you nuts (laughs) she's like I'm erratic okay it's my right to be erratic I'm about to lose a lawsuit two guys are related and they're chasing me and that's it but nothing else and Larry just grabs her shoulders and pushes her into a chair and it's like look the lawsuit I'm gonna handle the father and son thing is not that big a deal like yes it's unusual but so what like date them both the world is not gonna end and Ali's like well certainly not yours and Larry's like what am I missing here and Ali's like oh nothing Larry you've got it all don't worry about me it's like typical Ali like when she likes someone she's so passive aggressive about it when they don't immediately demonstrate that they like her back yeah yeah or when she feels like you've misled me like because I assumed in my head that you were single and now I've learned you're married and that is your fault that I was having fantasies about you like and yeah. now I'm going to How dare you? you. For it. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, meanwhile, Mark and Cindy have decided to take John's advice. Uh, why? I don't know, but they've gone to this therapist. And it turns out it's not like what John was purporting it to be which was like uh, the way he was talking it was like a one-on-one like couples counseling session yeah it turns out it's like a it's a support group um it's a group therapy yeah we, we get like this whole group of supposedly like mismatched couples um I think for the audience to just laugh at so we see this young guy with an older woman a much older woman a fat woman with this short bold man a guy with a woman dressed up in bondage gear I think you're meant to infer that she's a sex worker of some kind um and then we have a woman with a pair of Siamese twins and I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? Well, and then you've it, got this therapist in the middle. Has, yeah, it very much is uh, an echo of, like, the oddball parade stuff. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Well, I'd go of. so far 
As to say, uh, yes, the Oddball Parade, but also, like, almost, um, and Cindy echoes this a bit later, like, almost taking inspiration from, like, Victorian freak shows. Well, this is it. Like, I feel like in David E. Kelly's Ally McBeal world, like, you're either, like, a normal person, um, and when I say normal, I mean, like, hot, sexy TV actor person, or... Yeah. Or an oddball who's only worthy of being like gawped at and, you know, might as well go join the circus and be part of a freak show. And it's just like, yeah. why do There's you. There's like do no this? in between. Like, why is there no like in between? <laughs> like regular guys, regular people. It's very strange. Um, so the therapist is played by. Um, uh, a, a quite a well-known I think stand-up comedian called Louis Anderson he certainly had his own show for a few years um so I think um I don't think he's that well-known in the UK but in America no, I've never heard of him he's a name um and um again so this is like a cameo a bit like Shirley's um uh the, the, the lady from the Brady Bunch last episode um so he is saying you know, the thing is, we're all different. The physical disparities are easy to bridge through acceptance. It's the mental or emotional ones that are much more malignant, especially when they're internalized. You're all fragile people with feelings. And as a couple, those fragilities compound. And we just get a jump cut to Cindy storming out, like shouting for a taxi because her and Mark were looking extremely uncomfortable surrounded by all those other couples in there. And she um, says, she sort of rounds on Mark and she's like, I feel completely humiliated. And Mark is like running after her saying sorry and she's like I'm not a freak what was that a midget a blob a two-headed man and Mark's like and a woman with a penis and I was like no Mark don't lump her in with like what is what are you doing you're not making her feel better by saying things like that (laughs) and also Um, it's just like that woman's just fat and that man has dwarfism like I know yeah making them out to be like weird yes like they're not weird they're people and cindy's like (laughs) i'm not a freak and if that's how you think of me mark then let's just forget this and she jumps in a cab and drives off and i was like good for you cindy don't stop keep going like get out of this town yeah completely (laughs) this is awful so yeah i really didn't like the horrible language around just describing people who have you know like who aren't thin and slim and good looking as like I know and midgets and just I just yeah. did not enjoy that um but also no. like why would this like we say like why would this be done as like group therapy like because all the issues all that, that these, these couples different... are experiencing yeah. are so unique going to be so individual and like like two individuals be generalized because it's like like it's like they're like so you're all freaks um let's talk about being a freak shall we and it's like there's no category that's like freaks and normies like that's not how people work like people are i know much more individual i i just yeah i just don't think um 
I just don't buy that this particular kind of therapy would be useful to anyone in that room. <laughs> like, I really don't. No. Um, but yeah, it just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that scene. Really didn't. Horrible. Yeah. Um, so Ali and Larry have arrived at Cajun Fish for this deposition with Kimmy um, and Elaine comes up to be like, they're all waiting in the conference room and she's like, and who is this? And Ali introduces her to Larry. Um, and just before they go in, Larry's like, look, I can make this go away, but you cannot antagonize Kimmy. You have to behave. You have to be quiet. And Ali's like, okay. Um, and as he's like briefing her, we go to the other side of the office where Nell is like, Ling, who's who's this guy? Um, and Ling's like, oh, some guy who is yet to drool over me, which is funny. Um, and then uh, Larry <laughs> okay. and Ali go in. Um, and when they're in the uh, conference room, Larry basically gets right into questioning Kimmy. And he's like, do people truly, truly think of you as chaste? And Kimmy's like, they most certainly do. Uh, and Larry's like, you know, I mean, you know, the people who know you. And Kimmy is like, the people who know me know I'm chaste, Mr. Paul. And Larry's like, well, couldn't Ali have been mistaken about you passing her spermicide or like munching her boyfriend? And Kimmy is like, please, she knows I could never do those things. And Larry's like, well, but could the women in the Virtue Club, could they have easily made that mistake that Ali did, that thinking you did those things? And Kimmy's like, well, those people especially know me. And Larry's like, and they couldn't have confused you for a spermicide vendor? And Kimmy is like, not in a million years. They wouldn't believe her for a second. And Larry has his head in like both his hands. And he's like, you sure about that? And Kimmy's like, absolutely. And Larry's like, okay, great. We're done. Didn't hurt too much, did it? We just like made our case. And, and then they leave. And Kimmy's like, what did I say? And her lawyer's like, oh, for God's sake. You fucking palm. <laughs> yeah, so she says so, that. Yes very Ended funny her own case yeah later at the bar Vonda is singing a carol king song called chains um and ali is on a date uh with jonathan and she's bringing him up to speed on you know how smooth larry was in the case and that they should hopefully just be able to get rid of it in the settlement meeting tomorrow um yada yada and then who should come into the bar but larry <laughs> with nell on no. a date and Ali Question is like huh. and she excuses herself from Jonathan and she like storms up to them all mad um, and, but once she leaves Jonathan alone Elaine starts like eyeing him up from a corner like sipping her drink um, like I'm on to you yeah. Yes. Um, but meanwhile, Ali's got to Larry and Nell and she asks to speak to Larry a second and she sort of drags him away. Um, and Larry um, is like, yeah, like uh, Nell just like asked me out at the office earlier. Um, she seems nice. Good hair. <laughs> and Ali is like clearly completely jealous. Um, and she's like, well, don't you think it's a little inappropriate for you to date Nell since you're married? And Larry's like, <laughs> no uh i'm i'm divorced and ali's like oh uh good uh well never mind then i guess uh, and nell comes over and it's like ali i hate to interrupt but your date is looking a little insecure over there and then you 
cut over to Elaine, who's like tonguing a maraschino cherry in her drink, like <laughs> seductively at Jonathan. Um, and Ali sort of retreats sheepishly back to him, um, but she can't stop looking at, at Nell Larry and Larry. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I just love how like fucking peeved she is like how i know now go for a date with larry (laughs) yeah and as soon as he's and and as soon as he's like nice hair (laughs) yeah and as soon as he's like nice hair she's like (laughs) 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 um so the next day, um, Richard and Mark are sitting side by side on a sofa and uh, Richard is again trying to comfort Mark, being like, you know, it's really all for the best, Mark. Um, and he says, I have nothing against transgender people. I really don't, but nobody should ever touch one, much less, you know, which is disgusting <sighs> thing to say. Um, but then Richard's like, why can't you just be friends? Um, and Mark's like, she's the first woman I've been able to talk to and Richard's like oh don't don't talk to women Mark like they'll only talk back um and as he's saying all of this Cindy enters the room because she's come to see Mark um but Richard hasn't seen her so he just keeps going um you know women will only talk back they should be seen and not hurt fishism seen and not heard fishism and cindy she is obscene and then he's like oh hi cindy and then he's like, <laughs> and like the penny drops and he get realizes that she's there and they quickly get up um and he's like oh we were just talking about you and cindy's like yeah i heard can i speak to mark um and richard leaves like really awkwardly like just leaves and shuts the door um and cindy just asks Mark, do you think of me as a freak? And Mark's like, I think of you as aberrant. Um, And then he says that he's realized that he could never be sexual with her. um, And he thinks she's a great person, but unfortunately he is influenced by the way others see us. Um, And Cindy is like, well, you know, let's be adults and admit that this is not going to work then. Um, bye and she goes to leave um so graciously by the way you know yeah, i could yeah. like she could completely within <laughs> her rights to give him what for but for that like aberrant yeah um, i mean that's just a fucking horrible horrible word like i yeah. don't know to describe you're an person. aberration yeah yeah i just that's just awful like yeah completely undoes the good thing. i know like, the, the, I, it, it's anyway <laughs> yeah what? i know it's Isn't hard it? to find the words really yeah um, it is so yeah she goes to leave um and as she opens the door richard falls in because he's been eavesdropping obviously and she just turns to him and goes richard for all your support and then she gives him this massive kiss um, and we get like Hoover sound effects and like a at the end when she finishes. Mm. Um, and Richard is left shell shocked. And then we get a jump cut to him just like pegging it to the unisex. And we get these pig squeal, like distressed pig sound effects. Um, and he runs past Nell. Yeah, I just <sighs> want to say uh, that 
this was just horrible. Um, yes. The blatant and unapologetic transphobia. And then, like, the horrible cherry on top is this sort of Cindy's revenge by sexual assault on on Richard. Like, because uh-huh. it's just like, especially when you think about in terms of like the kind of narratives that are springing up um, or maybe yep. they sprang up previously, but certainly nowadays in Britain, especially um, there are a lot of um, anti-trans people who appear to believe that the own, like that a lot of women who claim they are trans women are only trans women because they want to commit like sexual assaults basically yeah um i just yeah it's just this whole thing is a shit show and i just uh, it's I just don't so irresponsible i don't understand how you can have mark saying uh, i all i see is is you uh, i just i can only see you as a woman one episode and then call her abhorrent, like, the next episode. Like, I don't, I don't well, no, understand. He didn't, can I just clarify? He didn't call her abhorrent. He called her aberrant, which is uh, no less of a bad word. Um, but it is slightly different. Oh, aberrant I thought it was just a different... An aberration. I thought it was just a different... Um, well, no. I thought it was just the way Americans say... They're two different... No, uh, they're two different okay. words. So abhorrent means um, disgusting, you know, disgusting yeah. um, repugnant. Yeah. Um, aberrant, uh, I thought it was which just is still not nice thing. No, no. Um, that means that you're just um, a, a, like deviating from what normal would be, like abnormal well, or like some, free, some way. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a an academic way of saying that. Free. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, still. I don't understand how you could go from saying one thing, one episode, and then be like, but I think you're a freak. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, uh, yeah, it it doesn't make much sense to me. No, and I, I just think this storyline has been told in such an irresponsible, nasty, mean-spirited way and it's just such a missed opportunity you know if you're gonna have the point the open-minded point of view be represented at all like you know it's there and hopefully you know I mean the only thing I can assume is that he thinks the open David E. Kelly the show thinks the open-minded view is not the one that is worth prevailing because otherwise why would you have it end this way why Mm. would you continue to have the people who are you know, propping up societal bigoted views win in this storyline. Like, I just don't, I don't, I just think it's really irresponsible writing. And yes, yes, blah, 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 product of its time. But I, I clearly David then, Kelly I, knew I, there was an alternative open-minded viewpoint to be had, but he decided to make the choice to not have that be the dominant narrative in this storyline well, yeah, and that is he decided a shame. to let 
another version of yeah another win opinion out. win out basically which is yeah just the the nasty the yeah. nasty meat hateful yeah attitude win and it's just it's upsetting to watch well and it's irresponsible it's just completely irresponsible when you're the showrunner or the writer of a show this big with this audience I think it's you've got a responsibility to tell stories that will do something add something of value to society um and I don't think this does at all well I just think if if all you've got if if all this inspires in you is mean-spirited jokes then you're not the person to tell this story story exactly yes it's not for you. You are not. Leave it alone. You are not equipped to tell this story, so you should just stay clear. Mm. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, so it's it's a shame. It's a tragedy. <laughs> um, mm. so so yeah, Richard's run off to the bathroom past Nell, um, and Nell sees. Ali by the elevator um and she goes up to her and it's like oh is Larry here yet and Ali's like oh no um I'm still I'm still waiting for him and she's clearly trying to be like all casual but she's still like riled up by last night and she's like so uh you and Larry out late last night and Nell's like um well I think Nell can see this is getting to Ali so she smiles (laughs) and she's like oh I didn't check my watch I rarely do when I'm having fun (laughs) And then there's this gif moment where Ali bites Nell's head off, <laughs> chews it, and then just spits it out so it ricochets the other side of the room. Um, and Ali's like, oh, uh, did you guys hit it off? Uh, but before Nell can answer, Larry steps off the elevator and Ali's just like, you're late. And Nell winks at Larry and Ali's like, let's go. Like, pissed off to the max. Um, so... In the conference room, they meet with Kimmy and her lawyer and her lawyer is kind of going on and on about the fact that, you know, if the people at the table might believe it, like it's still a case. And Larry's been leaning back in his seat, like really bored. And and when the lawyer stops, he sits up and he's like, look, I've been checking. I've looked into it. And Kimmy is very respected and held in high esteem with her peers. Um, and he's like, personally, I admire virgins. I collect them. I'm sure you do. He says to the <laughs> other lawyer. <laughs> And he's like, my point is, you called Ali the poster child for prudeness. um, And that can be considered an insult. And Kimmy's like, well, that's not a point. And Larry just wheels his chair next to Kimmy. And it's like, look, the people at the table probably just thought it was a catty fight. And like you said, no one would think that what Ali said was true. But if you pursue it and sue over it, then they might think there's actually something to it. And you're just angry. And what you're really looking for is an apology. And you deserve one. And he's like, I think we should let Ali apologize. And we can all move on. Like, forgiveness is a virtue too. It's much bigger than chastity. (laughs) And Kimmy's like, okay, if she apologizes. And Ali is clearly, like, horrified at the thought of having to apologise. But she pushes past it and she gives this the most mealy-mouthed, like, gritted teeth apology. She's like, I'm 
sorry, Kimmy. I was wrong. And I hope you accept my apology. And Kimmy is like, okay, I forgive you. And I'll drop the lawsuit as long as you pay my legal fees. Um, and I'd be like, no. Like Ali is Ali is like, no, why should I pay your legal fees? But Larry is like, no, it's fine. The case is settled and like leaves her to it. But I'm kind of on Ali's side here. I'm like, she's decided to bring this case. Yeah. There is no case. Yeah. Why am I paying her fucking legal fees? Well, I mean, there kind of is a case in terms of she did say the thing she said and it caused embarrassment. There's no damages. Well, it, embarrassment, like, I, I guess, is, is the damages. Um, We're and, getting into uh, retrial, yes, to be fair. Yeah, but that yeah. is true. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was I was just a bit on Ali's sympathetic to Ali, where I was like, "Yeah, you've decided to do this. I'm not paying your fucking legal yeah. fees." But anyway, Larry, Larry's like, "Stop it! We've managed to get rid of it. Do not ruin yeah. it." Um. So so Ali is uh, not happy with how that went as she pushes Larry into her office and lets him have it about making her grovel in front of Kimmy, who she calls that vile, rabid yak, which I thought was funny. Um, But Larry's like, look, I made the lawsuit go away, like the one that you created. And Ali's like, any other lawyer would have declared it null and void. And Larry's like, uh, you mean null and void? Nell is your colleague. And Ali's like, who you are dating and I find that inappropriate I suppose you'll be seeing her tonight and Larry's like no I'll be with her mother which I was like (laughs) (laughs) and Ali's like this case is over you can go now and Larry is very calm and he just goes well I don't want to go I want you to ditch the father and son act and I'll declare Nell void and we can have dinner tonight and Ali's like done and then we get (laughs) Ali's voiceover Um, going it happened that fast it wasn't hard ending things with the boys and then we kind of cut to seeing Ali at dinner with both of them she obviously like dumped them both at the same dinner (laughs) (laughs) and the voiceover goes I didn't want to be Michael's daughter and I certainly wasn't up for Jonathan calling me mum they were both relieved actually although Michael headed right for the piano and started singing September Morn and me (laughs) I she goes and me and then we get to see Ali uh, on a date with Larry um she goes and me I finally felt that wonderful feeling of terror you know that you get when you're up there without a net and we see Ali on this date with Larry at the bar as Vonda sings I'm gonna make you love me oh yes I am and she's singing a duet with a singer who isn't credited and I've been trying to find out who they are um and I did some digging but I couldn't find any mention of it anywhere I don't know whether he's just like a member of the house band band. I don't know but it's such a shame because he has such a nice voice I know, and normally they do credit the singers, like they credit the iCats all the time. So I was, I couldn't find them on IMDb, which is a shame. But if anyone does know who no. that singer is, please let me know. Um, but they're singing that song, and they, uh, Ali and Larry are dancing together. And then you pan over to Nell and Ling, who are sat with Richard and John, and Ling is like, "I can't believe he chose her <laughs> over you." And Nell is like, oh, please, he's just more comfortable in his own league. I can do better than that. And Ling's like, but you went out with him and like gestures at John. (laughs) And then John. 
line that I didn't really understand, but he basically whines about people bringing Larry to the bar because he feels like it's his turf. And he's yeah. like, it's bad enough that she hired him, but Nell, why did you have to bring him to the bar? And now Ali's brought him to the bar. And I'm like, why is John getting all territorial about Larry? Like, what's the problem? (laughs) But like about specifically Larry being at the bra. Bra? (laughs) Being at the bar. Like, I don't... It was a weird moment. (laughs) But it was a weird moment, right? Like, why should he care? He's never appeared to care before. So, yeah. When when Ali's had dates here. It was weird. Anyway. And then we have Richard who keeps spraying mouth freshener into his mouth. And Ling is like, can you stop? I'm not kissing you tonight anyway. I have a canker. And Richard's like, it's not about that. Trust me. And then he gargles water for like good good measure. And it's like, I did not need that. Um, Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, on another table, um, Renee and Elaine are watching Ali and Larry dance and get on like a house on fire. And Renee is like, ooh, I think they like each other. And Elaine just breathes out steam. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) quite. (laughs) Um, So finally, as they dance, uh, we get um, them having a little chat. So Ali is like, well, if you were interested, why did you encourage me to date the father and son? And Larry goes, well, I didn't know you were interested. Plus, it's unethical for a therapist to date his patient. And (laughs) Ali's like, well, what about a lawyer and his client? And Larry's like, well, I can only be so ethical. And Ali is just like, Larry, shut up. And then we fade into Ali walking home with Larry as Vonda sings Wildest Times of the World. We haven't heard that for a few episodes. Old Um, school uh, soundtrack. Old school. Yes, from season one. Um, And Ali's final Carrie Bradshaw moment of this episode where her voiceover goes, the thing about walking alone is it allows you to reflect on the day and I couldn't wait to reflect on this one. But I guess that'll have to wait. Yes. And then fade to black. And that's the end of that chapter. Um, Yeah. I'm glad that Ali and um, Larry are finally getting together. It's like, come on. That's what we want. Yeah. Because this whole father-son love triangle was like not interesting. (laughs) No, not in the slightest. Thank God that's over. Not because of like the the like story as such it's just because they weren't particularly interesting as characters no we didn't we didn't get any information about them they weren't that charismatic i mean they were just two like average guys yeah it it just yeah there wasn't much much effort was not put into making them you know intriguing as characters or charming as which is why i find it so weird that they chose that storyline to be like this is worth a two-parter yeah like and worth uh to be continued like thing yeah like no i know like like, the cliffhanger it's like who cares (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) very odd choices going on there yeah Um, and it looks like that might be the end of the Cindy Mark storyline. Um, I fucking hope for a, li- so. for a little Cindy's, bit. Um, for Cindy's sake, I really hope for so. For Cindy's sake, I really. They don't. 
You can't. They don't deserve Cindy. You can't trust this storyline. You can't trust it. No. Um, in, in David E. Kelly's hands. Um, so I hope that that is the end for her. They, they um, do not deserve her um, gracing their it's just hard. It's just, But it's also just hard work to recap yeah. a storyline like this. Because it's right. not just, just like handle quaintly quaintly funny it's offensive and and yeah upsetting upsetting. yeah yeah verdict of the week the jury's back i'm going to give um cindy a not guilty because i just feel like she's been through a right shit show hasn't she like the roller coaster she didn't deserve any of this and I'm so sad for how this all played out I haven't checked to see if she is in any future episodes but I just thought if this is the last we see of her I want to give her a not guilty she didn't deserve this and she deserved so much better she did like did not deserve um being yeah just all of it it was just atrocious and she didn't deserve any of it um no yeah bless her hope she okay. is now living her best life <laughs> yes in Away fictitious boston somewhere people. Yeah. <laughs> i know um so yeah i guess let's see what the next few episodes bring i'm i want things to be better well, I'm i hoping, always want things to be better i'm hoping like we said like this um storyline has been an unexpected like bummer did not know it was so aberration yeah yeah <laughs> exactly like an abhorrent aberration <laughs> yeah totally um, uh i just i i really hope that um n- that it's a done and we don't have to come back to this um and uh also that yeah we can so we can move on to like better things because I really enjoyed all the bits with like Larry and Ali and you know yeah, I enjoy too. them together they're fun and I want more of that and no more of the transphobic sludge no. that we've just had to wade through for like three episodes such sludge let's go all take showers um please let us know uh what you are cleansing yourself with after these episodes we are on uh twitter bygones podcast uh facebook bygones podcast instagram bygones pod or you can email us with all your thoughts bygones podcast at gmail.com um i have no words all i can do is apologize for for a show that I had no, no involvement in making, in making, but unfortunately, <laughs> I've somehow Committed. hitched my wagon to, and we have to see it through, <laughs> review it. Oh, yeah, whether um, we like it or not. Uh, yeah, well, I don't, uh, yeah. Maybe if we continue this with another show after we finish Ali McBeal, we should do a better vetting process. <laughs> yeah. Like, do we really want to go through this scene by scene? <laughs> do we really? Oh dear. Well, you know, maybe it's useful for people who were thinking of watching these episodes, but then listened to us and thought, <laughs> Fuck no. maybe we won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for holding our proverbial hand through this shit show. Um, and let's uh, let's all hope that it gets better because we know it's it, capable of better things. This I, show. I have so. faith. I have faith. If this storyline okay. ends here, like I feel like we could be on to bigger I'd take and anything things. apart from this. Like, bring <laughs> Dead Sister Watch back. Like, I don't know. Ali lying to dying children is, like, preferable. by far and away preferable to this hot mess. So, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, until next time, with hopeful hearts, we say, bye, bye. 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 bye.